the son therefore shall make him free, he shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 14th, 2012. And today we're going to just be covering kind of a variety of different current events, uh, some things that I haven't covered in the past regarding some new information I found out um, about a couple different subjects. Uh, first thing that we're going to be going over is just some verses on true and false prophets because there's a lot of a lot of postings on the internet and a lot of postings of people that say they're prophets, people that say they're, you know, or dreams and they just get put up there and it's like there's no vetting of this stuff. And I'm not saying they're they're they can't be of God. I'm just saying we need to test it biblically. Um, and there are tests that we can apply from a biblical standpoint uh, to, you know, to know whether it's true or false. Sometimes it's a matter of seeing if the prophecy actually comes to pass and that type of thing. But me coming out of the charismatic movement, I saw a lot of this stuff, and you know, I had a lot of people come up to me many, many times and give me specific supposed prophecies that they had said God told them, and many times they were either time-dependent or something that I needed to act on, and never one time when I acted on any of them, they were all false, essentially. They were, they were things where I was being told bad, which from a satanic standpoint, it would be, you know, discredit yourself type of thing with people that are uh, unsaved, and that's exactly the reason that um, Satan likes to get into that. Now, I'm not saying, again, there's, there's, that, that this can't exist in this day and age or whatever, but um, we got to be really careful regarding this stuff. And there's so many now up on the Internet, various ministries are posted, or even, even uh, secular alternative media is posting a lot of these things, I've seen. And, you know, it's rampant. Uh, and again, it's, uh, you'd have no idea who, where a lot of these things are coming from. You don't know the source. It's just a lot of red flags. So we always, as I said, we always want to compare this to the anvil of truth, which is the word of God and see what the word of God says about this particular subject. Cause my opinion is irrelevant. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, then don't believe me. You know, I'd be the first to tell you that. So, let's just see what the Bible says. Deuteronomy 18, 20 through 22. But the prophet, which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. Now, back then, it was a death sentence. Now, is God the same today, yesterday, and forever? Yes. Now, we are not under Old Testament Levitical law, true, but it's still just as serious in God's eyes because God changeth not. So it's still just as serious. This is why, I mean, this is a subject where, I mean, (laughs) it was a death sentence, you know, if you did this the wrong way. Now, it's just, you know, flippant and and, and, uh, there's so many people, particularly in, charismatic Pentecostal circles that get into this stuff 
And again, I'm not saying that it's impossible that, you know, that, that we can't get a word from God or, or have a conviction of God or those types of, I'm not saying that. It's just that let's have a biblical balance here and let's compare it with scripture and these types of things. So it's a very big deal. <laughs> the prophet was to be killed, essentially, if they did this. And then the next verse says, And if thou shalt say in thine heart, how shall we know the word of the Lord, which the word which the Lord hath not spoken? Okay, so this is how we know if it's the word that the Lord did not speak. Okay, next verse. When a prophet speaketh the na- in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass... That is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. Now, I can't tell you how many people follow supposed modern-day prophets that at one time I followed, and then I found that their prophecies were not coming to pass. They were time-dependent, or they were about a specific event that didn't happen. I'm like, okay, you've just disqualified yourself from the ministry. Period. I don't see how you're going to get back on that horse and ride it again. Yet they keep doing it over and over. They go from one false prophecy to the next. And it's like their followers just ignore the fact that that last one didn't happen. And let's go to the next false one. And I hate to say this, but I think it's because people heaping to themselves teachers having itching ears. Wanting to hear something new, as the Bible talks about. Wanting to, you know, hey, I've been there. I'm not judging anyone. That's in that boat. I've been there. I've never, as far as, gave a prophecy to anybody. That's nothing I've ever even messed with. Has the Lord spoken to me about various issues or confirms things? Absolutely. But I'm not a prophet. You know, all I call myself is a watchman. That's it. And um, I'm not a pastor. And I've I've really been um, increasingly bombarded with questions that would probably be best uh, put to a pastor. Because I'm not a pastor. I'm a watchman. I'm not an intercessor either. Meaning, I'm not spending 18 hours a day on my knees in prayer. It's just like there's the body of Christ. And can the finger say to the eye, depart of me, I have no need of you. Okay, we all have a different function in the body of Christ, but I understand people are desperate. And they're coming to me, and they're wanting, and I'm, I'm getting a lot of, like, really heavy-duty pastoral questions, just gigantic prayer requests, and it's like, man, I can barely keep up with all the emails I've got, and then put it in, like, for instance, this week's a 24-page PDF. And then putting it online, and getting it up there, and, and um, um, doing all the conversions, and then fielding all the massive amount of questions that that typically will generate, and then all the massive amounts of current events breaking on a day-to-day basis. I'm only one guy. So one person can only do so much. And it's getting to the point where, you know, I don't... I'm, I'm really trying to delegate things in, in when people email me anymore to these types of things. And I just can't accommodate anybody, everybody, anymore. I just, I can't do it. Um, it's either that or shut down my email address or, you know, and concentrate just on the ministry, which I might end up having to do. I don't know because, you know, I'm only one guy. I don't have a, (laughs) I don't have a ministry like a lot of these other 
people do. Typically, any ministry on the level that I'm at right now, regarding the amount of downloads we're getting, I mean, they've got a battery of people helping them. I don't have that, okay? Now, I've got, yes, I've got my my um, uh, listener who's basically like my webmaster. He's helped me out a massive amount. And and the, and the actual person that actually put the website up, um, Tim and Dan, and they've helped me a massive amount. But I'm just talking about ministerial things. And I'm not complaining. I'm not whining. I'm not, that's not what this is about. I'm just trying to kind of just let you know that if I don't respond to you, or if my answer is very, very short, it's not because I'm mad at you or because I've got an axe to grind or whatever. It's just... One person can only do so much. We're getting, I don't, I have no idea how many downloads at this point we're getting. Um, I've got a little bit of an idea, but it's, it's, it's substantial. The ministry is, you know, double, triple, quadruple. I mean, I don't even know since we've been on contendingfortruth.com and, um, we've getting a whole bunch of new listeners all the time on the automated email list now, which Dan had put up for me, my listener in. And then there's Paul, who's also doing all this other stuff for me with the uh, USB, um, handling all that and, and helping me with that too. So regarding all that, um, it's just I'm pretty maxed out on, on, on that. So if I do refer you to someone else or if I or if my answer's short, if I don't answer you, it's not because I'm mad or anything like that, it's just that I really feel like this has been my focus since I started the ministry, which is this ministry, which is getting up the weekly teachings, getting up the PDF, you know, not charging, I don't have all the, my word, I mean, <laughs> you listen to a lot of these ministries, or, 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 or somebody like Alex Jones or whatever, I mean, you know, the advertisements, it's just insane, or you go up to their website and they got, it's like some circus sideshow where they've got I mean, all these, literally sometimes hundreds of things that they're selling, and it's like, man. And I understand they have to do that to keep them going, because they do have a big staff, you know, and, and they have a lot of overhead, I guess, because of all that, so. But um, we try not to try not to go there, try, try to keep it just simple, and uh, I don't think I've got a whole lot longer probably left on the internet. I think it's going to be... Um, you know, when, when this stuff kicks in, the first false flag, the first pandemic, the, the, the first signs of World War III, not maybe the first signs, but when we're actually into it, uh, first, uh, let's say, nat- or natural or man-made event, I mean, the first big one where we really can institute martial law, I really believe the, the internet's going to be gone, and... Um, that brings me to my next point. Paul wanted me, my listener from Australia, who handles the uh, USB thumb drives where all my teachings are on them. It's updated weekly, and then there's all kind of other bonus material on there. And if you go to contendingfortruth.com, you'll see on the right side, you'll see that advertised. He said he wanted to offer for the month of October, and I know we're already 14 days into that. But if you're considering getting a USB thumb drive, and I got a lot of times people, and I had this request for a lot of years, well, where can I get all your teachings in one spot? Well, the USB thumb drive. And 
that's it's all there plus a ton of bonus material updated weekly essentially and very very reasonable price Paul handles all that but he's going to be offering until the end of the month of October uh, free shipping and he ships out of Australia now the shipping was very reasonable anyway but he's going to be for anybody I guess on the fence or whatever he wanted to extend that to you all and he wanted me to make a little announcement there so um, God, thank God I remember that because I almost forgot I just got a lot trying to remember Okay, so I found the original email, and it's, uh, he says, until the end of October, I will ship the buy now orders, I guess the buy now orders on eBay free, totally at my expense. Uh, he says, I will not repeat this offer ever again, no matter how popular it is, this is not a sales gimmick. Um, and the hour's late, things are getting dark, and I think um, people might be holding off buying one because of the cost of shipping. I'll waive this for a month only if your listeners want this resource now is the time to grab one. Uh, <clears throat> if this is popular, I will run out of the stock of the USB uh, flash drives, but I will take back orders. Be advised, the item must be paid for in full by the 31st of October to receive free shipping. No exceptions on this condition. And they will have to wait patiently for me to get the balance of the stock for the supplier. This can take up to two weeks for my supplier. Things get to Australia slowly. But all orders paid for by the 31st of October will be fulfilled. I will wait uh, for your go-ahead. Okay, so we already confirmed that. So, again, I'm just making this announcement now. I'm just going to do it one time uh, regarding this. And um, I don't want to... You know, we got a lot to get to today, but that I thought that was really nice of Paul to do that. Anyway, uh, and again, I'm not complaining about any of this. I just want to kind of like let you know where I'm at, um, you know, just from a ministerial standpoint. But I do praise the Lord Jesus Christ for my listeners. I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for, you know, their prayers, you know, the donations that have been sent in, just how God's blessed this ministry, how we've been able really miraculously been able to exist, considering the content I get into, you know, it's pretty amazing that I've been able to do this for six years. You know, I remember when I did that Avion Flu 14-city tour, and I mean, I had people come up to me, shaking my hand, and they were almost shaking, thinking that they couldn't believe that I hadn't been killed while I was on tour, considering the information that I was getting into. Uh, not to say that because I, I think I'm so wonderful or whatever, but God God has really blessed and protected this ministry. Um, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So anyway, let's go back to the, the Bible study. I've really got way off track there. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> so when a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. So, in today's day and age, from what I've seen, this is the norm. This is not the exception. This is the absolute norm. This is what I expect. I expect a prophet that calls himself a prophet for the thing to follow not, nor for it to come to pass, and that they've spoken it presumptuously. That's what I expect. That's been my experience, particularly coming out of Pentecostal charismatic circles. 
you know, it's the norm. And I mean, you, you do a, you could do a, uh, I could do a hundred part study on all the charlatan, Pentecostal, charismatic frauds out there that are absolutely 100% in this for the money, or as the Bible talks about, filthy lucre, and they're, at best, hirelings that have no love for the sheep, whereas the true shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep, and at worst, they're ministers of Satan, wolves in sheep's clothing, who appear as ministers of righteousness, but they're in reality, they're ministers of Satan. And they're literally, a lot of them are, I believe, Luciferians. And being a high-level Luciferian, one of the most coveted positions that you can possibly have is a, quote, Christian pastor. And it's well known in witchcraft circles that the Pentecostal charismatic churches are the most easy to infiltrate because they'll go in there with their witches, and when they all start speaking in tongues, they'll speak in their, their um, the, the witches will speak in their literal um, channeling demon tongue, put curses on the whole congregation. And the Bible says, even with tongues, regardless of what you believe about that, it does say that if you're going to do it, it's, you know, one person doing it, two to three interpreting. Okay, that doesn't happen in most charismatic circles that I've been in. Uh, Everybody speaks at the same time. It's like madness. And God's not the author of confusion. And it will allow those churches to be infiltrated very easily. I saw it firsthand. That one charismatic church I was in, they were breaking in between services and putting bones and ashes on the chairs. They tried to kill me. They found out where I lived. They did a, They literally sacrificed a cat and a rat. And I'm not making this stuff up. They pinned a rat down in, in the mulch bed right outside where I was sleeping when they tried to put a death curse on me. Because I was the ringleader. I was the one trying to go against them. And they sacrificed our neighbor's cat in, in um, a planter about 20 feet from where I was sleeping outside, where I was sleeping. If you want to know more about that, key in supernatural in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and you'll hear about all the supernatural experiences I've had. Not all, but a lot of them. So I'm, I'm well aware of Satanists being in Particularly, now I'm not saying they're not in Baptist churches or other churches. I'm just saying from a witchcraft standpoint, from what I've read, and from a logical standpoint, charismatic Pentecostal churches are the easiest to infiltrate. And they've been infiltrated at the highest levels anyway. So, um, anyway, let's, uh, let's go further here. Deuteronomy 13.1 if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder. Now, this is the, this is the second thing. You have to combine Deuteronomy 18, verses 20 through 22, which is what I just read, with Deuteronomy 13, verses 1 through 5. You have to combine those two together to get the total totality of what a false prophet is. It's just not it's just not one criteria. You're going to see that in a second here. It's not just if it doesn't come to pass. That is one criteria. This is the second criteria that would disqualify or 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 identify a false prophet. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, 
Okay, now there's been a ton and ton and ton of dreams posted on the internet lately. You know, and I know a lot of these, I mean, you know, it's just a dream, okay? I don't know. I mean, who knows? Vetting the source is pretty tough on the internet. But, if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass. In other words, if a prophet says, or a dreamer of dreams says, okay, there's going to be the sign or wonder, and it does come to pass. Whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet, or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you. To know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Now this is very important. Think about it. We're in the time period right now where the greatest amount of deception that the world has ever known is happening at an increasing rate and it's only going to get worse. Well, how do you justify saying that? The Bible says in Matthew 24, 24, regarding the end times that we're living in, that if it were possible, they, the false prophets in this particular case, shall deceive the very elect. They shall deceive the very elect. Okay, so, so let's just, re- this is a really important subject regarding the day and times we've lived in. And I, I've covered this briefly in times past, but it's super important now. We have a comprehension of this. And from, coming from someone like me who have run the whole gauntlet of like Lutheran middle school, Catholic high school, mom was totally, totally new age, into yoga, the whole nine yards, parents were as secular as you could get, then going from that into a hyper-charismatic Pentecostal background, then to the polar opposite extreme of independent, fundamental, unregistered, KJV-only Baptist church. I've kind of been pretty much full spectrum, and I've been to Presbyterian churches and Methodist churches and a lot of those others, so I kind of, God took me through a lot of that so I think I could help other people because I would have a frame of reference to be able to, to do that. So this is, this is, um, this is regarding you know, the time of the tribulation. And, and obviously leading up to that time, we're going to see a ton of deception as well. The Bible says evil men and seducers shall wax, meaning grow, worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13, you know, 1 Timothy 4.1, Now the Spirit speaketh, speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. In this particular case, we're talking about the seducing spirits of the false prophets. Or, let's say, a false dreamer of dreams that acts or saying this in a prophetic way. Because, let's face it, if, if you come out and say, well, this dream was of God, and it's prophetic, well, then you're in that prophetic uh, man, the the covering or, or category, I would say, you know. So they're going to give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And I think, and I hate to say this, but I think that a lot of the people that go from false prophecy to false prophecy, or false whatever to false whatever have had their conscience seared with a hot iron. That's how they can justify doing it. 
That's how they could justify ignoring the fact that it was false. And go to the next one. And go to the next one. It's just, and, and the Bible says it was in the latter times this would happen, which is the time we're living in. God said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, right basically in conjunction with the falling away of the church. So you would expect if the church was falling away, uh, like the 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 says is going to happen, and then it says, and then that wicked will be revealed, capital W, meaning the Antichrist. Falling away is happening in is it's an ongoing process. It has been happening, it is happening, and it will be happening. Okay? The wicked will be revealed. That could be, I really believe that will be um, probably near the end of World War III, as I've said in the past. When the world is, is at its max desperation level, they're going to pray for a man of supposed peace to come and straighten everything out. And, you know, who else? could get, you know, the Jews and the Muslims to play nice. Because that's most likely what is going to hinge on World War III. We're going to talk about that today as well. Who else could do that? Other than, I mean, obviously, from a false standpoint, the Antichrist is going to be able to pull that off. He's going to come, and the false prophet, with all lines, signs, and wonders. Most likely, the Antichrist will will um, present himself as the savior, the awaited savior of all religions. And this is why I said Lord Maitreya is a good candidate for that. The United Na- Nations sponsored Maitreya. And if you don't know who that is, just Kian Maitreya. M-A-I-T-R-E-Y-A, I believe. I don't know. Maitreya. In the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, I've done many studies on him. I'm not saying 100% he's definitely the Antichrist. I know it for sure. But he does claim to be the Messiah of the Jews, the Christ of the Christians, the Imam Mahdi, which is the awaited Islamic savior to Islam, to the Muslims, the fifth Buddha to the Buddhists, that's who they're awaiting, and Krishna to the Hindus. The five largest religions, he says he is their awaited savior. He's, he's like the total package, all wrapped up into one nice, tidy, satanic package. So, it's going to be somebody like that, most likely. The, who else is going to be able to, to to unite all world religions other than somebody that, or, or at least maybe it's going to be the, uh, like they had said, where he comes on the scene with his ascended master guys that are going to appear as gods. And they're going to say, you know, listen, we created you a long time ago. That's the whole ancient astronaut theory. It's the basis basis of intelligent design. If you look at what intelligent design is, it's not about biblical Christianity. Key in intelligent in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. If you don't know about that, because that's a lie, they're basically going to come here and say that they are our creators. That look at the mess we've created. Look at this World War III. Look at how we've polluted the planet. And that's been the Illuminati. That's been that's been the, ba- the basically the people that are serving these devils. These devils. These Fallen angels and um, essentially that they'll appear in a flesh type form. And they've got to come back and straighten out their little science project because we've messed things up so bad. And as a bonus, guess what? You'll be as gods if you follow us. We're going to take you from the age of Pisces that was dominated by that, you know, by about uh, they believe was dominated or what they're going to say was by Jesus, but it's not the Jesus of the Bible. It's their ascended master, fake Jesus, called Sananda Emmanuel, 
or Master Jesus. And we're going to take you from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius where you, where you shall be as gods. And you're going to make this evolutionary leap. And we're going to straighten everything out. We're going to straighten the planet out. You're going to serve us. And we're kind of here to basically take over. I see that as a, po- uh, as a very likely way that this scenario will play out. And I've covered this in many, many, many teachings in the past. You know, and it relates to the Nephilim. You can key in Nephilim in the keyword search box, or Maitreya, or, um, you know, we had talked about the giants in the days of Noah, and these types of things. The Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So we've got all these things the Bible predicts that the end times are going to be like. And if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect, these false prophets. And it says it right here, that in verse 23 of Matthew 24, if there, if any man shall say unto you, lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. Now there's a lot of, of this going on as well, where you see these different cults proclaiming, oh, it's Jesus Christ coming. No. The Bible gives you an express warning right here, <laughs> saying, don't believe it. Okay? Um, if any man shall say to you, lo, here's Christ, or there, believe it not. So this is very clear. Okay? For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets which is what we're talking about right now, and shall show great signs and wonders. See, a sign and a wonder is not what we go by. I don't care. And again, it's right here, what we just read in Deuteronomy 13.1. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or wonder, and the sign or wonder, it doesn't say does not come to pass, it says come to pass, meaning they're backing up. What they're saying. Okay? Where have you spake saying, let us go after other gods? And you better believe this verse in Matthew 24, that's what they're going to be telling you to do. When they're arising false Christ and false prophets and shall show thee great signs and wonders, you better believe they're going to be telling you to go after false gods. They're going to be saying, no, nah, the Bible, you've, you misinterpreted it. It's, in fact, it's not even true. They, if they can destroy your faith through lying signs and wonders, Satan will do it all day long. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. That's what Jesus Christ said. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Look at the Catholics. That's all they, a lot of certain sects of Catholics, that's all they ever do is chase after sign and wonders. Oh, that Mary statue's bleeding blood out of her eyeballs. Or this one's uh, uh, excreting this disgusting smelling oil out of it. Oh, it's of God. No, it's not. That's a devil death cult. The only thing that they're going to give you is, is maybe a, uh, some kind of satanic high that you might get from following that garbage. It's a works-based death cult that is responsible for the martyrs of millions and millions and millions of Christians going all the way back to the Inquisitions and even before that. That's their legacy. And then their pedophile priesthood and their false works-based religion and their whole succession of popes, the most, some of the most cor- corrupt, wicked devils the world's ever known. Yeah, I definitely want to follow that. 
They can't give you anything but lies and death. It's works-based. It's not how the Bible, you know, regarding salvation. For you're saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Yes, works will follow salvation. And yes, you can show someone your faith by your works, but it's not putting the cart before the horse. And if you don't understand about salvation, just go to the contendingfortruth.com and click on the True Salvation tab and listen to those teachings in that order. I tried to address salvation and then the things that come after, which a lot of times you don't get the stuff that comes after. Okay? Um, From a biblical standpoint, I, I just tried to go over tons of Bible verses. So... Uh, it's very important we understand this concept. <laughs> this this concept is more directly spoken about in the exact time we're living in than any other time since Christ has been here. Not to say it hasn't existed, these problems haven't existed before then, but it's getting increasingly worse. I mean, all you have to do is look around and know that. So, of all times on the planet, we need to be on guard. It's now. Of all times on the planet that it were, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. It is now and it will get worse. Of all times on the planet that if we were to be destroyed for lack of knowledge, whereas the Bible talks about my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4, 6, it's now. And then the Bible goes on to say that because thou hast rejected knowledge, if we openly, willingly reject it, true knowledge, obviously, I will reject thee, and thou shalt be a priest to me no more, and I will also reject your children. So, your actions can have a big impact on your family as well. Most so-called Christians do not want truth in today's day and age. They want their ears tickled, they want their lifestyle preserved, and they just want to, they just want to believe it's just going to keep going, and everything's going to be fine, and you know they're not going to suffer any kind of repercussions. Meanwhile, around the planet, um, there's thousands and thousands of Christians being martyred, particularly in Muslim-dominated countries and places like China. But the Muslims are probably the worst as far as just producing martyrs right now, I would have to say. In African nations, um, there's not as many of... Well, no, Middle East as well. But those are Coptic... A lot of those are Catholics and Coptics. And I, listen, I, don't, I want them to get saved. But we have to be realistic and tell, you know, acting like what Voice of the Martyr will do is they yoke up with the Catholics and they'll yoke up with Coptic Christians. And yes, I understand, yes, they do need to be protected. But they need to be evangelized. They need to be saved. That's the primary thing. What's really sad is when you have Muslims going in and slaughtering a Catholic church and all those people go to hell because they were trusting in some works-based death cult to get to heaven. Praying to some saint that the Bible never says to pray to, trusting in works or trusting in the seven sacraments in order to get saved, and all of their man-made doctrine that they've added in. That's really sad. At least if a if a Christian is martyred and he's born again, saved, well, hey, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He gets to go to heaven. Praise the Lord. But it's really sad when you've got Coptic Christians and Catholics who are being maybe even persecuted the same way a real Christian would be persecuted, and that they they die for their faith, and then they go to hell. That's really sad. That's terrible. You know? And that's happening all over the planet. 
And, and the Bible says here, it says, Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet, meaning the one that actually produces a sign or wonder that actually comes to pass. But at the same time, the message of the sign or wonder is, Let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. So that's what you've got to really be careful of. Why does God let all this happen? Next verse. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. He's proving us. He's trying us. The trial of our faith, which is more precious than gold, as the Bible talks about. They overcame him, meaning the Antichrist, the by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they love and they love not their lives unto the death. So that's how we end up overcoming in the end times. And we're in a time when this is going to be happening more and more and more and more. And God's letting it happen to prove us. To I really do separate the wheat from the tares, or make it obvious. He knows who the wheat from the tares. To separate the sheep from the goats, whatever analogy you want to use. And this is why it's important, you know, and this is why I'm here, so that we're not destroyed for lack of knowledge. So that we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. 2 Corinthians 2, 12, I believe. Um, and all of these other different verses. And then the, going back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where falling away of the church, the wicked is revealed, and at the very, near the end, it says... For God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. They had pleasure in unrighteousness. It reminds me of like a Catholic that would chase after different Marian apparitions or different whatever. They're having pleasure in unrighteousness. God is sending the strong delusion. He's permitting it to come. That they will believe a lie. So... Very, very important if for you to have a true love for the true truth. Because that's what God's basing that whole chapter on. God shall send them a strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. We need to have an absolute love for the truth, no matter how brutal it may be. Now, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, it's the beginning of understanding. It's the beginning of knowledge. Well, that sounds like truth to me. Fear of the Lord. If you don't have it, pray for it. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them and delivereth them that fear him. So, fear of the Lord is very important. And again, it's something that you can pray for. So, very important subject, very, very important for the day and times we're living in here. Next verse in Deuteronomy. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him. Again, here we go with fear of God. Connected with abiding in truth. Connected with walking after the Lord. And keep His commandments and obey His voice. And ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. And that prophet or dreamer of dreams shall be put to death. 
because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God. Most of the prophets nowadays, that's why they're there. Again, let me read this verse in Matthew. If there, if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders. Now that's the, the Bible says, how is the Antichrist and the false prophet going to deceive the whole world? How is he going to pull this off? Through lying, miracles, signs, and wonders, essentially. He's going to, you know, call fire down from heaven and, you know, set up the image of the beast and there's going to be all these, all these unbelievable miracles and stuff. But that's not what we're, we're to follow after. If it contradicts the word of God, then it's not of God. Insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. That's the day and time we're living in. We're, that we're moving into more and more every day. So, in that prophet of or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death. That was it was a death sentence back then. Because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Now think about what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you if, you, um, if you're, hopefully you're saved, listening to this message. But that's what he's done for us. He's brought us out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage. That's what the next, that's what the it says. To thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. So shall thou put that evil, in other words, the false prophet is trying to thrust you out of the way that the Lord God commanded thee to walk in. You gotta look at the fruit of a person on another person's life. You know, if, if somebody comes into your life like a supposed minister or a supposed prophet or whatever, and that fruit, and the fruit of that relationship is thrusting you out of the way which the Lord God commanded you to walk in, well, that's a pretty bad sign. You know? That's fruit of a relationship. And that's bad fruit. That's corrupt fruit. And then it goes on to say, so shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. I mean, it was it was death sentence. You know, just like it was for the Sodomites, the gays and the lesbians, death sentence, bye. Child sacrifice, death sentence. You could go on and on. There was a lot of death sentences back then for stuff that was very, very cut and dry. And it's all still a very big deal to God. Now, Ezekiel 13.9 says, And mine hand shall be upon the... Now, this, is, this would be more of an example of... A very similar example of today. Okay, so let's, we've, we've went over all these verses that pertain to how it's supposed to be today. Well, Ezekiel describes it pretty well here. Ezekiel 13, uh, 9, And mine hand shall be upon the prophets that see vanity, and that divine lies. They have, and uh, verse 6, And they have seen vanity and lying divination, saying, The Lord saith, and the Lord hath not sent them. Meaning, they'll say, Thus saith the Lord. But the Lord didn't send them. And they have made others to hope that they would confirm the word. I would be, I'd be honest, I, I would be really, really, really almost fear of God, trembling, scared to, unless I knew 100% that, you know, God said, 
prophesied this, and that's never happened to me. I don't think I'm a prophet or anything like that, but I would be scared. I mean, look at all these verses. <laughs> I mean, this was like, you're, you're basically, you know, it's a death sentence. It, it, and, and it's probably a spiritual death sentence for these people. If, if they don't repent, these prophets, it's, it's a very, very serious subject here. Um, then that have they have seen vanity and lying divination, saying, The Lord saith, and the Lord hath not sent them, and they have made others to hope that they would confirm the word. I believe what's saying here is the Lord didn't send them, they're they're basically speaking lies, and they're making others to hope in something that's not even true. They're putting their hope in something. And that's that's the norm. These prophets now, they come, they say this or that. It's false prophecy. And they're making them hope in something that's a lie. And then when it doesn't come to pass, a lot of them become disenchanted and then just throw and say, you know what? This whole Christianity thing, it's garbage. I'm out of here. I'm going to go back to the way I was or I'm going to, whatever, try another false religion. So, it's a soul-damning type of thing that we're dealing with here, potentially, as far as falling away from the faith. That was why I always point people back to the Word of God in the King James Bible, because I'm like, don't put your trust in a man. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5 And a lot of people trust in prophets, or trust in a ministry. And it's, you got to trust in the word of God because man can fail you. I can fail you. Be the first to admit that. I'm not perfect. And I don't want you to put your faith in me. I want you to put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, Father God, and his, and the word of God. That's it. So going further, um, son of man, Ezekiel, this is Ezekiel 13, two, son of man prophesy against the prophets of Israel that prophesy and say thou unto them that prophesy out of their own hearts. Now remember, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, Jeremiah 17, 9. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool, Proverbs 28, 26. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death, Proverbs uh, 14, 12 and 16, 25. They prophesied of their own hearts. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, thy prophets are like the foxes in the deserts. Now, foxes are very cunning. They're very sly. You know, sly like a fox. You old sly fox, you. You know, you know that expression? Well, so don't think that they're stupid. These prophets, if they're prophesying through an evil spirit, you think that spirit's dumb? The evil spirit is cunning, smart, good at what it does. It has a specialty. A lying spirit designed to deceive you. Very good at what they do. Here's the deal. Of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. 
while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. So, while they, meaning the false prophets, or let's say false ministers, or whoever, while they promise them liberty, meaning, oh, we're going to give you all this liberty, we're going to give you all this wonderful, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. If you let a man or a woman or a false prophet or whoever overcome you, you will be brought into bondage. That's why I say be really careful where you're going to church or what ministry you're setting yourself under. Because guaranteed, particularly if you're physically going to a church and you've got this this dynamic going on, or let's say even a false pastor, it's very easy to be overcome when you're in their presence. When the spirits are there to work on you, and you're literally going there and submitting yourself under their authority. I mean, 99% of the churches nowadays are 501c3 corporate entities of the state. No Bible for that at all. Not a bit. So what kind of spiritual bondage is that church under by coming under that yoke? And the government's getting more wicked by the day. And those same churches, guaranteed, are going to have to make a choice at one point very soon of if they're going to be assimilated into the one world church under Antichrist. Because they're already in the corporate system. That system's going to be assimilated. Under. And they're going to have to make a choice. <laughs> guaranteed. That's why I'm so against church incorporation. Because you're yoking up with Satan. You're doing something the Bible never ever commanded. To do. You can't serve two masters. You can't bow the knee to Baal and the knee to God. You're yoked up with the IRS and the government. I mean, it doesn't get much worse. If you want to know more about that, go to Unregistered Baptist Fellowship, I believe, the website. Unregistered Baptist Fellowship. And there's a book there you can read by... Uh, now, I've done just can 501c3. 501c3 in the search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've done several teachings on it, but there's a book uh, written by uh, it's Dr. Greg Dixon and his um, and Barbara Cate, and they they have a whole. The, he wrote a book called um, "The Trail of Blood Revisited" on the subject, and um, they help churches get out of the whole. 501c3 corporate mess. I think they're the only ones that are really doing it right. There's other organizations out there that do are aware of this, but I think they're the, the only ones that really take it far enough, personally. So, anyway, that's that's a whole other issue that, that we've went into many, many times that I think is a snare. So, the prophets are like foxes in the desert. So, they're smart. They're sly. They're cunning. They're subtle. Foxes are subtle. Satan was the most subtle beast of the field. They're very good at what they do. Remember, it's not just them you're battling. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, princes, you know, rulers of wickedness in high places. You know, the, okay, so our, our spiritual battle is against the spirits emanating or operating through a given individual. That's who we're really battling. So that's something to bear in mind.
as well. So, let's go further here. Um, uh, Jeremiah 23.30 Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words. Everyone from his neighbor. They act like they're talking on God's behalf. They're stealing God's words and he never, he never commanded them. Verse 32, Behold, I'm against them that prophesy false dreams. And this is false dreams. Saith the Lord, and do, and do tell them, and cause my people to err by their lies, and by their lightness, yet I sent them not, nor commanded them. Therefore, they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. I think what would be cool is if somebody started a ministry. Of course, it really would have needed to have been done years ago. And they just had one purpose. Keeping track of all, or even the main prophets, or let's say dreamer of dreams on the internet. And then keeping meticulous track of their prophecies, and then seeing if they came to pass. That would be a worthy ministry. And then said, okay, here's their track record. <laughs> right here. I think that would be that would be amazing, you know, to have something like that um, put out there. It would it would be able you'd be able to clear things up real quick. So let's go further here. Um Behold, I'm against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do, and do tell them, and cause my people to err by their lies. My people, notice he's saying, my people, to err by their lies, by the prophet's lies, and by their lightness. Yet I sent them not, nor commanded them. Therefore they shall not prophes, profit this people at all, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, oh, now hold on, we go to Jeremiah fourteen fifteen. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, concerning the prophets that prophesy in my name, and I sent them not, yet they say, sword and famine shall not be in this land. By sword and famine shall those prophets be consumed. Now, this would be particularly um, for people that are prophesying, you know, Things that you want to hear, essentially. Tickling my ears. Those types of things. Now, I understand there's a lot of the ones now, and they're, and they're not prophesying that. So, I'm not saying that, that you know, God can't speak through these people. I'm just saying, we just it's good to kind of bear in mind, what are all the tests of a prophet? What are we to really look for regarding them? And, and that type of thing. So, going to Jeremiah 5.31, the prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear rule by their means, meaning they're doing it their way. And my people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? So one of the biggest things that's enabling this, and one of the reasons, and the main reason God's sending the strong delusion, is because my people love to have it so. He's giving them what they want. God will typically do that many times. He'll give you, he'll give an apostate nation or religious sect a lot of times, he'll give them what they want for a time. Jeremiah 5.13 And the prophets shall become wind and the word is not in them. 
Thus shall it be done unto them. The word is not in them. The word of God is not in them. Revelation 22, 18 and 19 says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in the book. So, it's another thing. Is the prophet adding all kind of crazy stuff to the word of God? Is he adding all, you know, well, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, well, a lot of people, dominionists, well, the book of Revelation is not even going to happen now, essentially. We've already, or, or preterists, oh, it's already happened. <laughs> or, you know, the dominionists, it's, it's, it, we're going to make things so wonderful that Jesus is going to come back and the book of Revelation is not even applicable. Well, what are they doing? They're taking away from the words of the book of this prophecy, particularly the book of Revelation. Well, what's the punishment? Well, hellfire in lake of fire. God shall take away his part out of the book of life. <laughs> that's not good. Uh, that's total damnation forever. It's a matter of eternal, um, your eternal destiny here. God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. It's that serious of an issue that we're talking about here. Not trivial at all. It is, is a very, very serious issue. And I just wanted to kind of cover that and touch on that because, you know, it's, uh, it's something that is so flippantly, from my experience, so flippantly done. And people don't understand the eternal ramifications of what they may be doing. Now, I'm not saying God can't forgive somebody. But those last two verses in Revelation, <laughs> that's not something I want to mess around with. You know? Uh, it's not something I want to mess around with. I mean, that's fear of God stuff there. Now, moving into a, a related subject, the first article, first report here, and I'm, I'm looking at this picture of this... Uh, this guy... And he's at some rally, and he's got, Hi, Mom, I'm an atheist. Big sign. And this is just in CNN the other day. And it's, The fastest growing religion is no religion. The fastest growing religious group in America is made up of people with no religion at all, according to a Pew survey showing that one in five Americans is not affiliated with any religion. Now, most of the time, religion will get you straight to hell. So I'm not here on the bandwagon of religion, per se. Religion is the number one reason people will end up in hell, if you think about it, because most people are trusting in false religion. Okay? Not Bible-believing Christianity, the way the Bible lays it out. But the fact is, is, is if the fastest-growing religion is no religion, well, that's basically like, you know, atheist, agnostic, that type of of deal, and that's uh, a very disturbing trend, obviously. I think we'd all agree on that. The number of these Americans has grown by 25% just in the past five years. 
Now again, it shows this, this biblically predicted degradation of the world. Godless. Godless. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. Guaranteed these people despise the word of God. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. This is according to a survey released Tuesday by Pew Reform Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life. The survey found that the ranks of the unaffiliated are growing even faster among younger Americans. Well, the younger Americans are, are being trained to be more and more godless than their moms and dads and their, and their grandparents and these types of things. Thirty-three million Americans now have no religious affiliation. Thirty-three million. Thirty-three. What a number. With 13 million, there's <laughs> another 13 million in the number rebellion. <laughs> 33 is the number you associate with like the 33rd degree Freemasons and a lot of occultic significance. Anyway, with 13 million in that group, 13 number of rebellion, in that group, identifying them as either an atheist or an agnostic, according to a new survey. Sad state of affairs. And here they're, out, they're boldly proclaiming, Hi, Mom, I'm an atheist. There's a lot of pictures in this PDF and that we're going to end up getting to, and, and this is, might be a reason you'd want to try to follow along with the actual teaching itself. Um, next article here, I can get through this, and then we'll go to the... Uh, Mark of the Beast is coming. Today my wife... Now, this is, this is on Steve Quayle's website. He posted it. Somebody had sent this in. Today my wife went to the doctor's office for a checkup and she was getting tired of being asked for her ID and insurance card as this was the third time in a month. They already have her name on file and the receptionist is familiar with her so she was getting a bit irate of this constant asking of ID and she let it be known that she's getting tired of this police state of having to know who you are and run your information again and again through the system. Again, they're doing this to wear you down. They're doing this so that when they do implement whatever, if, if it's a national ID next or the mark of the beast or whatever, you'll be so run down and so tired of giving this information to Big Brother that you'll be like, yeah, whatever, just give me the thing so I can get through quick. That's why they're doing it. Part, part of the reason. And the head receptionist leaned over and tapped the camera and said, pretty soon you're not going to have to worry about these cards because you're not going because you're going to have an RFID implant chip, and she was serious and she was not joking. But this was at a doctor's office. <laughs> a lot of the people know what's going to happen. They're being prepped for this. Okay. My wife said, "Not this girl ever. No way. Not happening." And then the receptionist said, "Well, you may not know what you already have in your body." Oh, man, when I read that, that got my attention real quick. Let me read that again. Not this girl ever, no way I'm not having no RFID chip. Receptionist said, quote, well, you may not know what you already have in your body. And the wife said, well, I may, well, I know better than to take inoculations or flu shots, etc. Which was my next point, because... 
If you've listened to me for any length of time, I have told you they have the capability of, of microchip dust. Hitachi's had it for years. Putting that in any shot you receive. Much less, much less the inoculations. I think the inoculations, though, would be where they would really want to try to implement that. And you can't see it unless you've got a microscope. And most people don't examine the, the, the fluid they're being injected with on, a, on a, from an inoculation prior to being injected. <laughs> Do you know anybody that has done that? Hey, Doc, hold on. Before you eject me with that, can I have a vial of that? I'm going to go home and study this scientifically and break down all the chemical compounds. I'm going to put it under a microscope and really find out what's in it. I don't know anybody that's done that. be an interesting experiment. I also told you that they admitted with the swine flu outbreak that they have the capability of putting a microchip at the end of the needle in the last stage of quality control and nobody would even know it's there. And the microchips are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Injectable nanorobots that go into your body and perform functions where they supposedly repair things that can also kill you. All of this stuff are technologies they have openly admitted to, and if they openly admit to, who knows what they've really got? Because they typically say, you know, we know we're like 20 to 30 years behind what they actually really have waiting for us. Wow. Now, the receptionist knew enough to say, you may not know what you might already have in your body. Now, I'm not saying that if you had been inoculated, or let's say, worst case scenario, this has been done to you, that God can't neutralize these things. And you better get on your knees and pray that God does do that. And not only neutralize those, but neutralize all the poisons in the vaccines. And the foreign DNA. And the fact that if you've been injected with one of the at least 18 different inoculations out there, like MMR, or the chickenpox, Verivax, and those types of things, those are literally cultured off aborted babies. They use human diploid cells cultured off different strains of different aborted babies, and I've proven this over and over again, and you can prove it with a physician's desk reference as well. They'll even give you the strain, uh, the exact baby that it came from. Telling you, these vaccinations, inoculations, they're straight from the pit of hell. I have no idea what the spiritual ramifications are, of getting this, and now with the capability of microchip microchips in them on many different levels, or injectable nanorobots, <laughs> I would take a bullet in the head before I'd get one. I'm telling you, it'd be just like the mark of the beast for me. I'm not saying it is the mark of the beast, but I'm saying I would view it with the same almost amount of gravity. They are trying to kill us so many different ways, as I've documented time and time again, week after week. Chemtrails. I mean. The food, the water, the chemtrails, the, the, the GMO crops, the, the, the fluoride, the chlorine, the, I mean, all of the additives that they use, the, the electromagnetic frequencies that we're being bombarded with 24-7. How they're trying to destroy the planet. They are trying to destroy everything that is good or godly, just like they were in the days of Noah. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, which is we're right on the cusp of right now. What were they doing in the days? Well, they had defiled the DNA gene pool so bad, God had to wipe the whole world out with a flood. Because fallen angels, had, fallen angels had come down and procreated with women, produced a race of giants who refer to the, the, the underlying Hebrew word, there's Nephilim, or fallen ones, this hybrid race that had been produced, 
that had defiled humanity. Their DNA had been defiled. There's foreign DNA in these shots. Foreign DNA. We don't know what are in the shots. They're admitting to a certain amount of horrific witch, witch's brew ingredients. But who knows what else might be in there? You know, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Or do I love you enough to tell you the truth? I would rather tell you the truth and, you know, suffer the consequences for telling you the truth rather than tickle your ears and, you know, not warn you about this type of stuff. That really got my attention when I read that last line. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but that really got my attention. And then she goes on to say, but she, um, so let me just read this again. Well, you may not know what, you're, what you already have in your body. And again, that is total confirmation of what I've been warning you about for years. And my wife said, well, I know better than to take inoculations or flu shots. In other words, the wife knew exactly. I wonder if she might be a listener of mine. The wife, because I, I don't know of a lot of people saying what I've warned about on this. I'm not saying I'm the only one, but I know I'm one of the few. Anyway, I know better than to take inoculations or flu shots. But she still didn't seem convinced, so my wife said, quote, You're probably right. Obama care will see to it that the majority gets chipped. Now, a lot of people email me about that part of the legislation in Obamacare that says that everybody's got to be RFID chipped by, like, March of next year. Okay, now... My reply is that, yeah, well, they said that they were going to have the national ID card fully implemented many, many years ago. Not many, but, you know, at least five years or something like that. I did several reports on it. And how that related to the Mark of the Beast. It wasn't the Mark of the Beast, but obviously it's some, some type of precursor or forerunner to the Mark of the Beast. And, you know, obviously to get us into that mindset of, of, okay, we have a national ID card, now what's the next transition from a national ID card to a microchip? Okay, so if you want to know more about that, just key in Mark in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, and you'll see the, I've done at least three studies on the Mark of the Beast. So, anyway, um, this thing in the Obamacare legislation, my, my reply is that I see no possible way where they're going to be able to implement an RFID microchip. And there's a lot of conjecture on that part of the legislation anyway, as far as legal interpretation. It's legalese type of stuff. And I, I said, listen, if they haven't been able to, to implement the national ID card, even yet, and they're, way, they're years overdue, how are they going to implement, essentially, the mark of the beast by March? And we're not even into the tribulation yet. The mark of the beast is during the tribulation. So, I'm not really, you know, I'm not saying I'm not concerned about that, but it's like, I, I see no possible way they're going to be able to pull that one off. Okay, so to repeat the last... Sentence, the, the wife said, you're probably right, Obamacare will see to it that the majority gets chipped. But I'm here to tell you, if it ever gets to that point, and I am deathly ill with any kind of disease or any illness, I won't seek treatment. If it requires a chip, I will go and die in the wilderness like an animal. <laughs> this lady's pretty hardcore. <laughs> so, 
my my wife then asked her, quote, why would you do, what would you do if you have to take an RFID chip? She asked the secretary that. And she wouldn't answer. So my wife then asked again, quote, I'm serious. What will be your response if you were forced to take one of those chips? And the lady then did the lips are sealed gesture. And followed with the saying, I have already said too much. In other words, she's already said too much. She probably shouldn't have said that. And the wife said, yes, you were being, you being in the public sector like this, you need to watch what you say to people. And she said, yes, being in this office and also that I'm in the military, I really need to watch what I say. So not only was she in a doctor's office where they were getting, obviously, this information leaked to them, but she's also in the military. So she's got a double whammy type of thing going on there where she's going to have some information the average person might not have. My wife then said, quote, military or not, they won't tell me what to do ever because there is only one person in this world that I will ever bow to and that is Jesus Christ himself and no other man or being, end of quote. (laughs) This lady's hardcore, I like her. (laughs) So anyway, she she laid it out there, I, I, I love it. Um... And so then I put in the Bible verse, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. So, amen. And then it goes on. My wife then said, quote, I will die on my feet fighting this rather than begging for my life on my knees. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Amen. So, and then they all shut up. Oh, man. Um, And then it said, but some of the girls in the office that worked in the office were concerned and said, this is all getting very scary. (laughs) And then my wife then said, it is biblical. What is happening and people who don't understand it need to read the Bible because it's all in there. It's true. I mean, this stuff doesn't even scare me anymore. At first, it really did. When I was a new Christian, started finding out about all But But you'll notice that if you embrace truth, And if you pray for the fear of God and humility and you pray for the strength to deal with this no matter what, you're going to get to a point where this isn't going to freak you out and you're not going to be all nuts over this like you might have been at one time. I'm not saying it's not ever going to get to the point of being just totally not scary. But you will will be amazed. God will, will, will strengthen you over time and you'll get to the point where this doesn't bother you and you know it's coming and you would rather go out to face it than rather cower in a corner over it. You know, God didn't create us to be, you know, afraid of this type of stuff and cowering in a corner. We're supposed to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Okay? We're supposed to be like good soldiers, as the Bible talks about. And, you know, earnestly contend for the faith and these types of things. And and so I, I think uh, this is very interesting, this whole... Uh, conversation here and then after all the girls got scared it says my wife then said it is biblical okay i already said that and then my wife got so upset she almost walked out of the office but she remained there to proceed with her test results this morning we were watching the video that was on your site with paul begley about the implementation of the rfid in the school in texas and that this happened now again this is they're already doing this in texas where they're where where all the all the the uh students and some of these schools are having to wear these RFID implanted um, badges that they wear around their neck 
so that they could be tracked 24-7 while they're at school. And this is to cut down on truancy. And they know exactly where you are in the school. Oh, if you hear that that noise, I'm sorry. It's the I'm sitting in a leather chair and it squeaks and stuff. So, um, so anyway, they're already doing this in Texas, and they're fighting it down there. But the but the students that are fighting this are are being punished. They're being like ostracized, and they're 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 being um, you know. Uh, there's there's different ways they're punishing them, in other words, in order to make sure that they're you know they need to be good little Nazis and do what Big Brother tells them to do, and this is this is why we're supposed to resist evil. We're not just supposed to go along with evil. We are supposed to actively resist evil um, when we can, you know. So this goes further, and it says <clears throat> to us, meaning this RFID thing in the school in Texas, to us it was affirmation from God that it's all getting very close, as obviously it is. This all happened to us, and I guess this was in Colorado Springs, this doctor's visit happened, uh, which, I tell you, Colorado, Colorado Springs, man, is ground zero for a lot of bad stuff. A lot of military presence there. A lot of talk that Denver will be the actual next capital of, um, wow, well, if it's called the United States at that point, I don't know, but that that will be the future capital of, let's just say, the United States, for lack of better terms. And there's been plans to um, possibly false flag event Washington, D.C., can't say for sure if it's going to happen, but I have heard, read a lot of talk about that, and that Denver is being set up to be the next capital, um, basically from a New World Order standpoint. And then you've got the gigantic thing with the Denver airport and the underground presence there, and all of the macabre, evil things surrounding that airport, and just a lot of stuff I've reported on, even in the last year on Denver and in the Colorado area. Where really some huge red flags going on there. Now, this happened to them in Colorado Springs, but we all know Colorado Springs is the home of the military industrial complex. This is nothing new to both her and myself, but to hear it from the doctor's office was very troubling. Uh, God bless and praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So, anyway, I'm going to go ahead and end part one here, and we're going to go to part two next. God bless you. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24 7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.